Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. I told the first service, because we had baptisms, that I had a gift for them, which was a shorter homily than normal. And so while we don't have baptisms at this service, I figured I would extend this gift to you. So believe it or not, today, you're, as long as I don't talk way more than I need to, you're going to have a lovely homily to take home and maybe even get out of church a little bit earlier than normal. So our passage today that we'll be taking a look at is in Matthew chapter 16, our gospel passage, uh, verses 13 through 20. If you want to turn with me to verses 13 through 20. And uh, I have four points, which has two problems. Number one, I'm not supposed to have four points. I'm supposed to have three. So I have one additional point. And then some of you are asking, how in the world is he going to get four points done in a short homily when normally three points take 25 to 35 minutes? And believe it or not, I did it this morning, and with God, all things are possible. So (laughs) Ashley can testify for me. So, okay, the first point I would like to draw attention to in our sermon this morning is that confession of Jesus Christ as Lord is always the product of grace. If, if you, like Peter, are able to see Jesus as the Son of God and respond to what God is doing in your life, it is because of grace that God the Father is reaching out to you and calling your name and drawing you to himself. You'll see this in verse, in verse 15. He said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Salvation through Jesus Christ is always the product of God reaching out to us through his grace. That's what we celebrated this morning in baptism. And so if you, like me, confess Jesus as the son of God, if you, like Peter, confess Jesus as the son of God, I have good and bad news for you at the same time, and that is you're not that special. God loves you a lot, but you're not that special. You're here because he has reached out to you. It's not because you're smarter, you're better than everybody else. It's because, sure, you responded to the voice as he called you. But I think it's just helpful for us to remember that, that when we share Jesus as Lord to the world around us, we know that it is because of grace first. The second point is that confession is also renunciation. And you're like, what is renunciation? This morning at our baptism service, we had a slew of renunciations, which is when we asked the candidates, not only do you believe in God the Father, do you believe in God the Son, do you believe in God the Holy Spirit, but do you renounce the devil? Do you renounce the world? Do you renounce all things that are drawing you away from God? And all of the baptismal candidates said, yes, 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 we do. I renounce them. And so for those of you who are baptized in a liturgical tradition, you know, you remember that maybe, uh, unless you were too little and your godparents said it for you, or for those of you who, like me, were baptized in a different tradition, we didn't necessarily say that. However, the point is that here you'll see when Peter comes and confesses that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, there's a little known thing here in this passage that doesn't really stand out to us, but I would like to draw your attention to this morning. In verse 13, it says, now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say that the son of man is? 
It's a hard word to say. Caesarea Philippi is a city which was at the time quite famous for two reasons. Number one, it was the, the supposed birth, birthplace of the god Pan, who was a fertility god in ancient paganism. And it was also a place where the Romans set up a temple for, for their gods in the midst of this historical uh, center. And so what the Romans would often do is the Romans would come in and they would say, I like that God too. I'm going to bring them into our system as well, right? So in Rome, there was actually something called a pantheon, which was a center of where all of the official gods of the empire were located. And what the Romans loved to do is put another God in there. So if they came into Israel and Israel said, Yahweh is our God, they'd say, let's put him in the pantheon too and worship him as well. And so Jesus, when he withdraws with his disciples to this location, he's standing, believe it or not, he's standing underneath this temple complex. Everyone is seeing what he's talking about. He's standing underneath this temple complex and saying, who do you think I am? And the disciples led by Peter say, you are the son of the living God, the living God, because all other gods are false. All other gods are not real. With Yahweh, there is one God, and you are his son, Jesus Christ, the Lord. This confession involves rejecting that entire system of alternative gods that to be a follower of Jesus is to say, I worship Jesus Christ and his father alone and nothing else. So that confession is true for us today. And you may say, well, you know what, Father Jared, I don't have any idols stored up at my house. I don't go to a Roman temple to worship other gods, but know this, that there's always other things that are vying for the attention of our hearts, that are vying to sit on those thrones in our hearts. And to follow Jesus, to confess him as Lord, is to say, I follow him and I follow him alone. So to confess Jesus is to say no to other things, right? And I think this happens time and time again, that we have to remind ourselves that Jesus does not want to be the wonderful addition to your pantheon. He does not want to be the thing that comes on top of your already great life. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not that you have a wonderful, awesome life, and he comes in to be the cherry on top of the cake. He is the foundation of what it means to be alive, to follow the living God. And so confession always includes renunciation. The third point is that confession demands endurance. So this part of the past of the gospel is actually a turning point in the gospel of Matthew. Jesus has been teaching in the region of Galilee, which was a part of Israel where he grew up. It was a part of Israel where it was a little bit less uh, influenced um, by uh, the powers that be, so to speak. And so Jesus was able to go through the countryside and preach. And what you see is that Matthew, time and time again, draws attention to us, the readers, that Jesus is the Son of God. But ironically, the disciples up to this point have not made that, have not seen that, or not said it out loud, right? So the disciples are in a learning process of who Jesus is. And so this point is a climax, because when Peter says, you are the Son of the living God, the disciples are seeing what God is doing in his life. However, the very next passage, Peter, the one that just confessed Jesus is the Son of God, when Jesus says, we're now heading to Jerusalem where I'm going to die, Peter's like, no, 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 no. That's not what I signed up for. No, nope. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Right? What a stark contrast between 
the beauty of Peter's confession. And the, the very next thing that happens is that Peter doubts or misunderstands or whatever uh, you want to call it, what Jesus is doing in his life and in the lives of those around him. And so that is the truth for us as well, that to confess Jesus Christ as Lord demands endurance. Jesus is calling us into a path. He says, take your cross and follow me. To confess Jesus will mean that at different times in your life, that will go really well or that will not go really well. There will be times where you say, I believe in Jesus Christ. He's awesome. And there'll be times where you say, man, I really just doubt this sometimes. And I don't understand why things are going the way that they go. And so to confess Jesus demands endurance, demands sticking to the path. I don't want to go to Jerusalem and die on that cross. But Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. So there will be great times. There will be rough times. But to be a follower of Jesus means to keep going, knowing that in the end, there is glory to be had. And finally, the final point, and yes, I was able to do it, I hope. We're almost there. Unless I talk a whole bunch in this fourth point, is that confession also means to be part of the church. So I just got done talking about the need for endurance and how good news is it that to be a confessor, a believer in Jesus Christ is to be together with many others who support us on that path. So I think there's two points here. Take a look here at verse 18. I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So this morning we baptized four people who were initiated into the body of Christ. To be a Christian, to confess Jesus Christ, is to be a member of his church. It's Jesus's church. It's not my church. It's not Melissa's church. It's not Ashley's church. It's not any of anybody else's church. Hope that's not news to anybody. It is Jesus's Christ's church. He will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And this is good news for two reasons. Number one, we are not alone in this. We are part of a family who will come alongside of us as we seek to do what Jesus is calling us to do. And so to be lonely as a follower of Jesus is, happens a lot. But what a helpful reminder of I am not alone in this. I have all of my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ who are part of this with me. And the second and final good news about this is that Jesus is building his church. Jesus is at the right hand of his father. He is the head of what is happening here. His plans will come to pass. And so I just want to close my sermon today with a verse from Colossians 3 that I think can help us as we go about following him. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you gave us your son, Jesus. We ask, Lord, that as we seek to follow you, would you make us aware of your grace? Would you make us aware that you are with us, that we are part of a body of Christ who are walking together? 
Would you help us, O Lord, to set our minds on you and the things that are above? In Jesus' name, amen.